Happy New Year! We're back uh, with a whole nother round of Monstrology uh, ready for 2022. Happy New Year, Madrin. Happy New Year. Um, I am really excited for today's episode. I was a little bit um, apprehensive about doing another episode after the last one because we did Krampus and obviously Krampus is uh, so important to me and near and dear to my heart and really just a spectacle of a monster. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but every time Will says Krampus, one, he puts a little like accent spin on it and goes Krampus. And then two, and the best part is, is that his face lights up as though he is a child who has been given a $50 bill in a candy store. Yeah, so- And it's it's so enjoyable. I love it immensely. <laughs> so that's the thing about Krampus is that- uh, Exactly. Is that um, it's really hard to top, right? It's like the ultimate spectacle monster for me. And so the best way to top something when you've gone bigger is to actually go and make it more personal. So not just what is- you know, one of my favorite monsters, but this week is really my favorite monster as a kid. And this was a monster that I spent all sorts of time drawing. I read so many books about this monster. Um, it really was for me like the pinnacle of fantasy. I don't know about you, uh, Madrin, did you kind of get into this monster as a kid? Do you have any excitement there? Uh, I mean, certainly a lot of stories that I enjoyed revolved around this particular creature. Um, but I don't, I don't think that I had the same kind of fascination with it that a lot of uh, a lot of kids did. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that eventually, one day, maybe perhaps soon, we will go with my monster obsession oh, as a child. Well, we'll have to talk about that and figure out what that cool. is. But, um, yeah, but this week um, we're really digging into one of my favorite childhood monsters. Uh, it can fly, it's got scales, it's got scary looking eyes, it can breathe fire sometimes. It is one of the best monsters of all time. This week's monster is dragons. This monster is humongous in terms of history. I had really just not a good sense of how long it's existed and how widespread it is around the world. Um, That's what, definitely... yeah, I found that when I started doing my research as well, too. It's like you were, you told me who our guest was going to be and that we were going to be doing dragons. And I was like, dragons, awesome. I know stuff about dragons. And then I sat down and I started doing the research. And I think this is probably one of the only monsters and certainly the first one we've encountered that does not have just one particular regional origin. There mm -hmm. is a dragon story virtually for every part of the world, every culture, every continent, 
everybody's got a dragon. It's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> like really, yes. I went through and doing history and I, I just kept finding things and finding things and finding things and being like, oh, there's there's so many myths and there's so many stories and there's so many places of origin. Um, and so I yeah, think the Yeah, to the best point thing... where I was like, perhaps we should just kind of do a like surface level thing about <laughs> dragons and then we yeah. can always come back and talk about dragons again in a later episode. Yeah, I think it's, we're going to kind of do a greatest hits of different yeah. places in the world right. and, right. and that can give you a good sense of where it came from and maybe where its origins uh, lie. So um, we've talked about the fact that there's dragons everywhere. Uh, but there is some commonality I find in dragons, no matter where they're from. Generally, they're scaled like a lizard. Uh, they fly. Some of them have wings and some of them don't, depending on where in the world they are. Some of them have four legs. Some of them have more than that. I haven't found a lot with less than four legs, but they could exist. Um, they have either a horse-like head or a camel-like head um or kind of like a serpentine head but it is horse like in the sense that it's longer like the snout is extended um and there's a bunch of different colors uh green red black um more rare you could get yellow blue or white uh and they live in rivers oceans mountains or caves so there's that's the general idea of what a dragon is. They're these large scaled lizards that can do kind of extraordinary things. Now there's a bunch of different places in the world. The two, mm -hmm. I think most famous, um, <laughs> most famous interpretations of the dragon is um, the kind of Asian dragon in terms of the Chinese and uh, Korean and Japanese. So this is generally a wingless dragon and usually it's uh, a water dragon. Um, in these traditions and cultures, uh, there's people who descended from dragons or being protected by dragons. Uh, sometimes it's also tied to political leadership. And in some ways that's kind of like problematic in the history of, of dragons, um, but often it's, it's attached to the, like the leading power and it helps them uh, be lucky in their conquest and their leadership and a lot of other um, powers within that region weren't allowed to display a dragon because the dragon was like the, the monarchy's symbol. <laughs> um, yes, I think, yeah, I think in a lot of Asian cultures and specifically in Chinese culture, the dragon is a depiction of might and power mm -hmm. in that way, yeah. Which on the flip side brings us to our other kind of most famous uh, interpretation <laughs> keep saying famous but maybe just most well-known more commonly uh, known they're yeah. not like hollywood celebrities but maybe our maybe our guest is it's like later. the brad pitt of dragons maybe oh we've set the bar real high there so we'll find out um so the other most common would be the the european dragon this is popular between the 11th and 13th centuries this is where you get the idea of the dragon that's got these kind of large bat-like wings they breathe fire, they come from folklore, these, these stories of heroes um, invested in slaying the dragon and proving their worth and their heroicism um, from a more European tradition. The um, earliest kind of um, written origin that I could find of this is, uh, oh, I guess it's like depiction actually, rather than written is the MS Harley 3244, which is a medieval manuscript dated back to um, 1260 AD, 
which contains the oldest recognizable image of a fully modern Western dragon. It's kind of a long red uh, dragon. It's got wings. There's a little bit of uh, yellow and green on the wings, but it's pre predominantly red. And I love it because it's on a page of like this ancient text and it just looks like a doodle. Like it, 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 it's what you imagine it to be, but it's, it's not that um, impressive to me. Like the, the illustration of it, it seems so like core and simple. And I love that it's this very old, impressive document. Um, but that's kind of old European dragons were, were a monster to be slain. And sometimes they could be seen as a, a sign of power and might, but usually they're interpreted as more of like an evil monster. Whereas in the Asian cultures, it's something that's revered that brings them uh, good fortune and um, strength. The, the dragons, you prove your strength against it. Um, and I find that there's a nice antithesis between those two types of dragons. And there's a bunch of other dragons too. Um, Madrin, is there any that, that caught your eye um, in terms of styles of dragons? Uh, well, I don't, uh, ugh, I don't know about like style of dragon. Um, I do, I know I came across one that was um, an African dragon or yes, an African dragon or, or like depiction of um, that idea is in, in Egyptian mythology there's a giant serpentine creature called mm -hmm. uh, Apep. Oh, okay. Who is the, he lives in the underworld mm -hmm. and is often depicted as the antithesis to Ra, who is the mm -hmm. sun god. Um, so like Apep represents darkness and chaos. Mm -hmm. And so is constantly a battle between light and good and order. Mm -hmm. So there are, are apparently several depictions of Apep and Ra, um, fighting in the underworld and apparently thunderstorms and earthquakes were caused by Apep's roar and eclipses solar eclipses were when Apep and Ra were fighting during the day mm. which is very interesting yeah but I, that I... one is much more serpentine it's very snake-like mm -hmm. he was um very long coiling and he's supposed to be the height of eight men tall mm -hmm. with a flint head yeah this was the oldest origin cool. that i could find by quite a lot it was um on uh, on the bremner rind papyrus written in uh, 310 <laughs> bc this mm -hmm. is where the origin like it, that's scripted that it was from before that <laughs> so we're, we're talking about so long in the past um and i i saw that too it was interesting to see that the the darkness and the actual cycle of light that there was um, a story that said that's what causes the sun to go down at the end of each day is that Ra is going to fight um, with the Apep and that's why uh, we see the sun cycling through the sky each day. Um, there is uh, another really interesting uh, dragon which I think is debatably our local dragon um, here in Ontario because it's based in the Great Lakes and um, oh. this is a North American indigenous dragon um, and it's called the Gassia, uh, Gassia no, Gassiendietha, a lake dragon or serpent of the Great Lakes um, found in Iroquois and Seneca mythology. Um, and this serpent could fly on a trail of fire and it could also spew fire. So I thought it was just like this beautiful dragon that is 
both like a lake dragon so it has like the strength of a water dragon but it also seems to borrow from european um fire breathing and so it's kind of the best of both worlds and i thought it was noteworthy because it's uh, our local dragon um that is interesting i had not come across a more north american dragon well there was a bunch of actually very specific um dragons that i found to a variety of indigenous uh, cultures throughout North America, and um, if you go through it, there's a bunch of um, a bunch of them. But I just thought that was noteworthy because it was the one closest to us. Um, I've also seen that dragons can have different features, um, such as like the head of an elephant in India. Uh, there's imagery that comes to dragons from that. It can also be a, a lion or a bird of prey in different places in the Middle East. And it just seems to be kind of different versions of heads. I mean, you see that sometimes in uh, medieval um, lore of like, just like it looks like they've just kind of taken animals and slammed them together. Um, and so there's a bit of that with dragons, I suppose, too. Um, but it just gives you a sense of like, there's such a wide range of all of these different dragons. And really, as you're saying earlier, every culture has them. So if you just look up where you are in the world, I'm sure you can find a local lore that goes back far enough that you can find what makes your dragon uh, unique. Now there's a couple, let's just call them conspiracy theories when it comes to dragons, because we're going to find out the truth about this later. Um, but there's three kind of core things. Um, we'll start with... Um, the most, I guess, logical, and then we'll go to the most whimsical. So the most logical is, is that um, a lot of people have a fear of snakes. Um, and so apparently over 30% of the population has a fear of snakes. And some people, in fact, have an actual like, phobia of snakes. And so there's something about that basic fear that preys in people, that kind of um, essential boogeyman in people's heads that they think may have created the fear of the dragon, just the idea that people are afraid of snakes in and of themselves. And so a scarier version of a snake would manifest in this form. Um, the second one here, uh, which is I think probably what a lot of people think of in terms of dragons and where they came from, and there's a lot of logic to it as well, which is we made assumptions about the dinosaurs. We saw a pile of bones, like humongous bones, and just started putting them together. And some of them were flying and some of them were like not flying, land-based, or some of them died together. And, and human beings trying to understand our own evolution uh, just looked at all these massive bones and said, oh yeah, but that thing that we've been talking about for thousands of years, like that must be a dragon. Like this well, is a massive too, like T-Rex skull. <laughs> this imagine, is a dragon <laughs> yeah or like imagine coming across a pterodactyl skeleton and tr like in your brain just trying to wrap your head around like what do you mean a thing that flies is this big yeah and i just think there's, there's so much logic to it like how would you possibly know what belonged with with what like it's kind of miraculous that we have this ability now that we can go to a museum and be like oh here's every single bone that would exist in this type of dinosaur like but even it's now so in, in our modern times, we're still making mistakes, right? Like mm -hmm. how many times is the, I don't even think it's called this anymore, but as a Canadian, I'm going to stick with this name. How many times has the Albertosaurus been reconfigured <laughs> and renamed? And I don't even know what it's called. Sorry, Al Albertosaurus? <laughs> is this yeah. a, a dinosaur native to Alberta? They, they originally found it in Alberta, but it's, I, I'm, I will totally get this wrong. I'll have to look this up later, but it's like, they, they thought it was a brand new dinosaur, 
but it actually turned out to be the bones from about three different ones that they just kind I of see. like hodgepodge together. But then on the flip side, but then actually what I more recently found out the last time I looked into this was like, oh no, wait, maybe this really was its own dinosaur. We don't mm. know. Who knows? It's like you hear all the <laughs> stories about like, um, you know, fishermen just dragging something up and being like, what is this? And a scientist is like, this has never existed before. <laughs> so yeah. you know, like all the time well, we discover things from, from deep under the ocean that we have no evidence of. And I think that that really goes to your point of, of I, I also adhere to the idea that the myth of dragons probably came from people finding dinosaur bones. Because if you also look at, even again now, some of the reptilian creatures that we have who are alive and well and living in our world today, some of them are pretty monster-like, like a Gila monster or a Komodo dragon. Mm -hmm. Those are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I imagine the, the exaggerated, fantastic version of a Komodo dragon that a person hundreds of years ago might think and create in their minds, right? So yeah. of course, like it makes so much sense that that's where dragons even, come from or even if you just discover a small reptile and you've never seen them before like if you've never seen an iguana maybe an iguana is a have you dragon. ever seen an iguana in real life they are so cool and they're so cool. weird and there is nothing in our world like them otherwise. exactly but like you could just imagine that as being the infant of something mythical right. and dangerous and large um exactly like somebody in what, what were we saying in like 310 egypt mm -hmm. sees an iguana of course, they're where they would logically think, oh, this must be a baby dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? but especially if you have like depictions of dragons all around you and it's a part of your culture. And and at a time, especially where, if we go back far enough, you know, gods and myths were treated more as fact than, than we treat them as well. They're a more respected part of their culture. So why not dragons too? Um, the last uh, conspiracy theory that I had, which is the most whimsical, is that uh, I saw somewhere that it could have come from whales, like uh, not, not the location, but the creature of whales, because they jump through the ocean. And if you've never seen them before, it's just this massive creature getting airborne and then jumping back into the ground. And people go, what the hell was that? Uh, and if you didn't know it was a whale, you might imagine it was a dragon. Um, you know, any of these conspiracy theories could be true, could be the whales, could be the dinosaurs, could be snakes. Um, we're going to find out a little bit later, uh, but right now we're going to take a break. And when we return, we are going to be digging into pop culture of dragons. Okay, so there is so much ground to cover here uh, in terms of pop culture. Um, let's start with kind of literature and stories and, and where um, that kind of lands. Um, I've got some more modern books, but imagine you're going to talk a little bit about um, one of the earliest um, stories that we hear about uh, dragons. And I think it's really valuable for us to keep that in mind, too. Yes, and I think this one is most valuable because it, I think, set the tone for that very stereotypical idea that we have of a knight who saves a damsel in distress from a dragon that is terrorizing the people. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it's the story of St. George and the dragon, which apparently uh, first appeared in the 1260s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in what is now modern day Libya, there was a small city that was being terrorized by a dragon that lived nearby. And so in an effort to keep the dragon from destroying the city, they started offering it daily sacrifices. And at first it started out small. It was just two sheep. But then after a while, that wasn't enough for the dragon. Then it's it became, never enough. Um, two sheep it's never is never enough, enough. Right? <laughs> Two sheep is never enough. So then it became a man and a sheep. And then after a while, that wasn't enough. So then it was their children. <laughs> and so at that point, they were now choosing the sacrifices by lottery. But one day, the king's daughter, who was a very well-loved princess, came up as part of the lottery. And even though the king tried to sell off all of his gold and all of his jewels and everything to save her, the people were like, nope. Your ticket came up. You got to go out and be sacrificed to the dragon. So she dutifully goes off. And it's key to the story that she is dressed in this very like long flowing bridal gown. And I think really that's what solidified this damsel in distress idea that we Mm -hmm. currently still have. Um, And then it just, so then she goes out by the lake where this dragon lives to be sacrificed. And as she's waiting for the dragon to come by, St. George just happens along and sees her and says, what are you doing? And so she explains to him what's happening. And he tells her that that he'll stay and slay the dragon. So uh, he does manage to capture the dragon and pulls it back into the city and then Mm -hmm. comes back into the city and says, I'll kill this dragon that's been terrorizing you if you all consent to being baptized and become Christians. Well, that'll solve everything, isn't it? (laughs) There's always a catch, right? But that is, and so I think I just found that that was, so of course the whole city is like, yeah, totally. You killed, you know, you you slay this dragon, we'll become Christians. So it's just so interesting to me that this story takes place in Libya, but St. George is such a hero of English sainthood and English Christianity, like for the, from the Anglican church. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm sure that it should make me think of other things, but I'm in pop culture mode and all it makes me think of is Super Mario (laughs) saving Princess Peach from Bowser. And Bowser, I did look this up, is like not technically a dragon. He's a Chinese dragon turtle, but it's still like a similar myth. And I think um, clearly borrows from that story. of. um, See, and that's what, yeah, that's why I thought it was so important to start our pop culture references with the story of St. George, because I think that that has really solidified over the last like almost thousand years, what our idea of knight plus damsel in distress equals slay a dragon. Totally. Story is. Um, Speaking of dragons uh, to be slayed, um, my, uh, one of my favorite books of all time uh, is The Hobbit. And, um, it features uh, a dragon called Smaug or Smog, <laughs> uh, but I think mostly they say Smaug. And uh, it's a fire drake of the third age, um, considered to be the last great dragon in Middle Earth. Um, and within this kind of lore, he was drawn to the uh, enormous wealth amassed by the dwarves on the Lonely Mountain um, during King Thror's reign. And he destroyed uh, the nearby city and captured the Lonely Mountain and uh, drive the, the dwarves into exile. This is before the events of The Hobbit. Um, and he's slept for, I, I, don't, I don't know how long it is actually, but I would imagine hundreds, uh, I think hundreds of years on this these hordes of jewels that become um, 
embedded into his belly. They like protect the soft spots of his belly from um, being defeat because he's got scales on his upper body and then he's protected by jewels underneath. And uh, in The Hobbit, um, uh, when Bilbo was going through the mountain, he uh, is is has been enlisted by the dwarves to steal something and he sees the, the tiny little missing patch underneath the dragon's belly that can be pierced by an arrow and that's what kind of leads to the the slaying of the dragon um the hobbit is also like i i love the hobbit just because it's not as massive as the rest of lord of the rings like it the lord of the rings is an extraordinary achievement but it's so wide in terms of what it accomplishes that the hobbit is really one hero's journey and it's a kind of a roundabout way of it too like it's um you can empathize with him because he seems like just a regular human being. That's kind of like the lovely thing about the hobbits is they're they're completely undermatched against most other people. Um, we we can all relate to them, right? Like the hobbits, they just they just want to eat eight meals a day and hang out. Yeah, um, but I just think that like I don't know that book has a special place in, in my heart. Just like and it's the first place that I imagine. Uh, dragons is probably from well actually there's an earlier thing that i'll get to later but um one of the first images that i have a dragon is that and i found this really cool um image that that tolkien drew of smaug in, in the first uh, novel and do you remember i was talking about that dragon doodle from uh 1260 ad the the yes. doodle that tolkien has done of what smaug is supposed to look like in his book and the doodle from 1260 ad look really similar and I think that's uh, kind of cool as well, that perhaps Tolkien's imagination is based off the history of this European dragon and literally reinterprets um, quite closely the, the look of it. They're both these long red dragons of a similar size, like the tails look the same. Um, you guys can look it up. It's true. It's on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> um, so there's Smaug and the Hobbit, which is like a true dragon in the Lord of the Rings universe. But there's also um, in the Lord of the Rings uh, books, the, the Nazgul have fell beasts, which are not dragons, but they're like wyvern-like creatures that were bred by Sauron to be steeds for his lieutenants, the, the Nazgul. And they're the counterpart to kind of the, uh, the great eagles. So I don't know, you see it. I'm still thinking of it in terms of literature, but you can see it in the movies too, of like Gandalf's got those great big eagles that he that he takes it, that these um, fell beasts uh, exist to kind of counteract them uh, as a war plan. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so many of the examples that I have for literature this week are also films, <laughs> uh, but I feel oh, like it's I, worth I noting great... that they were all um, books before books they got first. interpreted as films it, it's interesting to me I don't know it is, well I yeah one of my favorite books as a kid also involves a dragon mm -hmm. uh it's Robert Munch's The Paperbag Princess oh yeah which is like my first introduction to feminism as a child which <laughs> cool. I absolutely loved well because so in the beginning of it it seems a pretty typical situation there's Princess Elizabeth she's betrothed to marry Prince Ronald she thinks it's just the greatest thing ever but then before they can be married a dragon comes in burns down ronald's castle kidnaps him burns all of elizabeth's clothes 
And so the only thing that she's left to wear is a paper bag. That's and she kinda, decides- kind of rude of that dragon to do something. It's kind of mean, sure. But so, so then she decides that she is going to save Ronald. So off she goes and she finds the dragon and she very cleverly challenges him to different tasks. So, you know, tricks him and says, you know, I bet you can't fly around the world uh, you know, it's super, super fast. And so the dragon's like, watch me do that. And so he does. And then she tricks him into um, burning down an entire forest. And so by the time that he's finished doing all of these tasks that she has challenged him to, the dragon is just absolutely exhausted and just keels over asleep. Mm-hmm. And then Elizabeth goes and tries to rescue Ronald, but he looks at her and, and judges her and, and says, oh, uh, you know, just bit, mocks her for the way that she looks and says, come back when you look like a real princess. Mm. Because of course she's just wearing a paper bag and her hair's all a mess and she's all sooty and everything too. And Elizabeth finally realizes just how selfish and ungrateful Ronald is. And so one of the most famous lines from the books is that she says, Ronald, you look like a real prince, but you are a bum. (laughs) And that has stuck in my head. (laughs) <laughs> for decades and decades and it's and, she, and off she goes into the sunset and she leaves Ronald and we just assume that she goes off to live her best single gal princessy life and I just absolutely love it good call uh that's great um yeah, love it. I, I knew of it but I, I I hadn't imagined it from that perspective either and I, I, I think, think it's I one of Munch's first books too which is really interesting um there's a common, I think, theme in there too that uh, dragons are are quite clever, um, and there's something to outwit. Like that's the thing with Smaug and the Hobbit too, is that to defeat Smaug, you have to be very clever about what you're doing. And um, Bilbo, when he's trying to get out alive from the mountains in the Hobbit, is is like challenging him to riddles and these things. And I, I think he uses. I think it's true that he uses the ring in that sense to escape from the mountains uh, as a part of his riddles with Smaug. I know that that's where he discovers the ring is in in that pile of gold. Um, But there's uh, a few other uh, challenges uh, that come up in terms of dragons. And uh, there's a very famous uh, series of books. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Uh, They're called Harry Potter. Uh, And there's a lot of- yeah, so it's just these um, <clears throat> these uh, books uh, about a wizarding world. And um, there's a lot of different dragons. Uh, and I just think it really highlights as well the knowledge of dragons being from all over the world, uh, especially in the fourth book, The Goblet of Fire. Um, you see reference to the Hungarian horntail, the Chinese fireball, the Swedish short snout, and the Welsh green. Um, at some point, Hagrid also gets a Norwegian Ridgeback named Norbert, but they realize that's in the first book. That is actually a uh, girl and becomes Norberta. Um, but in the the fourth book, um, these dragons are done as part of the Triwizard Tournament and and they have to steal uh, a golden egg, um, to, to win that challenge. Um, and so it's also a point of, um, heroism and like, you see all of them, just in the way that they exist. And I, they're all done with like great detail and imagery. Um, I have to say, I guess I'm kind of floating between books and novels too. This, when it came out, I remember it being the best depiction of a dragon in a movie ever. Like it was really one of those things where you're like, 
oh shit that's what a dragon <laughs> should look like there, wow, there had never been there had never been anything that looked that good and i think it was specifically the one that um Harry has to go up against the Hungarian horn tail. You're just like, whoa. It just I, I just remember being uh, totally taken aback by uh, that level of CGI. So I think that whoever designed that monster deserves uh, some some kudos. Mad props um, from the monstrology team yeah. for the designer of the Harry Potter dragons. Yeah, they're really good. Um, it, there's been others that have been as good since then, but that was just such a huge leap ahead that it was, I think, noteworthy at the time. Um, there is another uh, book that became a movie that I did read and I did love at the time, uh, but I did not keep up with, which was called Aragon um, by Christopher Paolini, who was really young when he wrote this first book. He started writing it when he was 15 and I think it came out before he was 20 like the first he's really young when he wrote the book um and it's about um a, a young um boy it's like very much like the hero's tale like he discovers this dragon egg and then realizes he's bonded to this dragon and then becomes a dragon writer rider and there's all this kind of dragon lore I remember thinking it was awesome uh I don't know how the franchise ends there's four books I think I read the first two and uh the movie was not received well uh because it was not very good but the book was really great uh i i don't know if i would believe that now if i read it as an adult but i loved it as a kid um there's another book and this was the book that i was alluding to that i this, this would be my earliest introductions to dragons and uh i think still gets to be maybe my favorite which is dragon gets by by uh, Dave Pilkley. He's the guy who did Captain Underpants. He did this children's book that I got as a very young kid. I read it, I, I don't know, hundreds of times. And the premise is that there's this dragon who just has like a very routine mundane life and just can't do anything right. He like wakes up grumpy and does everything backwards. Like he butters his tea and tries to drink his toast and at one point he tries to sweep his floor because it's dirty but it's a dirt floor and so he just <laughs> sweeps himself into a hole he he like gets too many groceries and so he can't fit them all in his car so he eats them all but then after eating them all he's too big himself to fit into his car <laughs> it's like this very like mundane day-to-day -day interpretation of a dragon i don't think it's like so charming and sweet of just like this regular basically if it wasn't a dragon it's just like a regular guy just trying to get through the mundane nature of his life but because it's a dragon it's like so much more endearing um so that's uh yeah that's my last piece of literature that i have um and i will i would define that book most specifically as literature uh, and I recommend it <laughs> to if anybody's listening uh, and has kids. This is probably our most PG. Uh, I don't know if it'll stay that way, but at the moment it's pretty PG. Um, and I recommend that as a children's book. Got any other books that you want to talk about, Madrin, or should we dive into movies? Dare well, we dive you know, into movies? I, I found our, our topic of dragons to be so overwhelming that I purposely made myself only stick to one or two things per pop culture genre mm -hmm. because notice how deftly we have both avoided talking about game of thrones <laughs> well i haven't gotten into books. tv uh, yeah i didn't talk about it as books um i i'm just 
I mean, look, I, I'd love to get into all of these. It's the same kind of thing that I said at the beginning is there's so much interpretations of dragons that we may have to come back for another episode to get through Tons. it all, both in the history and in pop culture. Like there's an overwhelming amount of content here. So if you don't get your favorite interpretations of dragons uh, mentioned in today's episode, uh, you can tell me what it is and it might come back uh, later on. And I apologize if you're not highlighted, but them's the breaks. Um, so in movies, um, there's a bunch of dragons. Uh, famously, there's uh, dragons in Shrek and eventually donkey dragons in Shrek, uh, which yep. I believe are the first uh, cross uh, donkey dragons uh, in film uh, history, if I'm not mistaken. The first I'm aware of, yes. Yeah, I, I can't yes. think of any other ones. Um, one of my favorite films as well is Spirited Away. And in Spirited Away, uh, you see uh, Haku, uh, who is a, a dragon. It first appears as a boy of about 16, um, but he's actually a lost river spirit that can also take the form of a white dragon. Um, and uh, people say that it, in Isformi also suggests uh, kind of the um, energy of a river in, in his, uh, that he's like flowing and graceful and he, he fills that kind of atmosphere. Um, there's also a well-known trilogy of children's films called How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, and I have seen all of them and they're all very There's good. There's a TV show for that too. Oh, I haven't seen the TV show, but mm -hmm. I have seen all the films. And I'm pretty sure Jay Baruchel voices, um, what's Oh, does say? he? On the TV I'm show? Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's always, to it. it's always sad. <laughs> well, I guess I'll find out at the end of this podcast. It's sad sometimes when they do the TV spinoffs, you're like, well, that, that voice is not at all the same as the one right, in the movie. Yeah. Like they could not get whoever. Um, that doesn't sound like Robin Williams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I actually think that these are really beautiful stories, usually about kind of acceptance, understanding amongst their own civilization. Um, but in this uh, film, the, the dragon is named Toothless. He's like an old ancient kind of uh, black dragon, which I think is the rare, one of the rare ones that I was talking about earlier. Black and gold seem to be rare. Um, and uh, there's a young uh, boy named Hiccup. Uh, who's the son As of the Jay of, Baruchel's character? Yeah, that's right. The son of the the leader of their group, and this is kind of like I think influenced by kind of Viking and Norse mythology. Um, but they're they're trained to be dragon fighters, and instead of fighting dragons, he uh, takes you know I shouldn't say takes pity, but just kind of sees well, he befriends. This, yeah, I think yeah, he befriends, he befriends Toothless because um, yeah. he sees this injured dragon and and helps him fly, and so they become dragon riders and want to live in harmony with the dragons instead of um, fighting against them. And that's kind of the arc of the first film. And then they really do a good job of reinterpreting what their theme is, depending on the film they're getting into. Um, but that's the dragon in How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, there's also a pretty famous franchise um, called the MCU uh, that dragons were a part of recently. Um, yeah. In um, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, we see uh, a water dragon. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. It's been out for a while, so sorry. Uh, it's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> it's on Disney+. Plus. Shout out to our boy Simu. What? Yo, feel free to send us some money. money Disney+. Plus. You can be my chief, <laughs> chief sponsor, Disney+. Plus. Send me some swag. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, in this uh, context, the dragon is a water dragon and definitely represents uh, strength and uh, power. And I thought the movie was quite good. 
Uh, I didn't get yeah, to see I it, liked in, it too. in a theater. I probably would have really enjoyed seeing it in theater, but I did not uh, at the time. Um, I also watched a movie just yesterday that uh, made me surprisingly emotional, um, but is also from the kind of Disney canon. That's Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. It is more recent. I thought it was really good. Um, about kind of like a young girl who's uh, entrusted with um, protecting this dragon stone that saved their civilization from this kind of death mist. And it's voiced by uh, Kelly Marie Tran from um, ah, Star Wars. From and, Last Jedi. Yes. And um, the dragon is this kind of like goofball dragon uh, voiced by Aquafina. And they there's these Oh, five... who was also in Shang-Chi. Yeah. And uh, so she's really, yeah, Aquafina is really uh, on the pulse of dragon culture these days. <laughs> um, but there's these, so this, uh, there's these warring kingdoms. Um, and so they start befriending people from different parts of the kingdom. And they, I don't know, it's about kind of finding community amongst people you've been fighting with your entire life. And I thought it was quite good. Um, let's, uh, okay, so, okay, I got one more movie to talk about. And let me tell you, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get the appeal of it. Usually I like to talk about what I like about movies, but this uh, classic family movie, if somebody gets it please explain it to me because i think pete's dragon is the worst movie i have seen in so long it is brutal um it doesn't don't hold off, back well it doesn't <laughs> tell us how you really feel it doesn't have enough dragon in it there's only one dragon and he's only in like 20 percent of the movie and all of his parts are the best part and the rest of it is awful <laughs> there's really no plot other than like traveling child abuse um and like it just goes no it it does the thing that it could have done in the first five minutes at the end and just kind of calls it a day uh i i i hate it i love the dragon animation in it which is i guess what was cool about it at the time that they they drew they had all the animators in that style, right? Do animation on top of live action. It's like, wow, so sweet. And the dragon looks nice, but the movie itself is the worst. So Adrian. what you're saying is Mary Poppins is the best depiction of doing of using that technology. And Pete's dragon is the worst depiction of using that technology. Yeah, definitely the worst. Imagine, have you seen it? I know like a million years ago. I have Okay, well, it's not worth revisiting. Uh, I had to decide in my research whether I was going to watch the newer Pete's Dragon or the older Pete's Dragon, and I picked the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> I should have at least tried to pick the new wait, one. Wait, there are two? Oh, there was a remake. And that's my other thing, is even if the new one is good, <laughs> who, looks, who looks at the 1977 Pete's Dragon and says, give me another one of these? <laughs> it is the worst. They probably looked at it and said, well, I could do better than that. And they could. <laughs> And they did. I just don't get it. I, I like, I don't know. It's it. I heard that in the making of it too, they almost had even less dragons. Like the animators and the creators at the time had to be like, um, uh, let's get more dragon in it. Let's get like, you're only gonna have one scene because a bunch of the scenes too, he's just invisible in, like you can't see him. He's just riding on nothingness and the animators had to do the work. And I think they just, 
probably really expensive to do in 1977, Will. Yeah, well, it wasn't expensive enough, okay? They needed to put more budget in and more dragons. And look, if there's more somebody- More dragon, less Pete. <laughs> yeah, oh, Pete. Don't get me started about Pete. Okay, moving oh, on. Oh, then I won't. No, he's- uh, We haven't talked about any of my movies yet. It's like the saddest kid and there's not one person in the movie that goes like, hey man, your life is really messed up. He probably, need, like they help him, but it's all just like, yeah, you can live with me. There's no one's like, you've been running from trauma for your entire lifestyle. I, I don't, I don't, it's okay. It's a Disney classic. Sorry, Disney Plus. Um, there's some great TV show interpretations. No, whoa, whoa, we haven't done my movies yet. Okay. Dig right in. <laughs> Might be here for a while. Well, bringing it. Well, this is what I'm saying, though. I have relegated myself to choosing only two to talk about. You don't have to rant about Pete's Dragon. I won't rant about Pete's Dragon. You can but, if you want, but. But, and I really hope to. Disney hears us and maybe sends us, like, just even just like maybe just like a monthly credit on my Disney Plus subscription or something. Like <laughs> or just, a letter of apology for Pete's Dragon. <laughs> Well, no, but here's what I'm, because we've, we've plugged a bunch of Disney movies and here I'm going to do it again. My favorite animated Disney movie from when I was a kid is Mulan. Mm-hmm. And in Mulan, she has a teeny tiny wisecracking dragon sidekick named Mushu. And mm-hmm. I absolutely loved him. He was voiced by Eddie Murphy, who was just at the top of his game at the time. And he does that fast talking, wisecracking sarcasm thing perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved him. And, and I love that part of this story, while it's absolutely definitely Mulan's story, Mushu also gets a redemption arc in this movie. Because in the beginning, he used to be a, a well-revered guardian spirit of Mulan's family. But several generations ago, he failed to protect one of her family members. And so now he has been humiliated and relegated to just lighting candles. That's his only job now as a protector spirit. And so when he sees that Mulan is going off uh, to, to war to try to protect her family now, he goes with her and at first rather selfishly convinces her, convinces her to try to do this so that he can also save face and say, look, you know, I, I protected Mulan, obviously I'm better at this, but he does realize that he was in it for selfish means and really does come to care for Mulan and, and really does have her back throughout the whole movie and mm-hmm. helps her on her quest, helps her defeat the Huns and gains some of his clout and his status back. And it's just absolutely mm-hmm. just, I love my little, you know, little Mushu, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. So good. So Everybody good. loves Mushu. And then, uh, Will, have you, I think you would love this movie if you have not seen it. Have you ever seen Reign of Fire? No. Oh my God. When, when we are done this, you have, you will love this movie. It came out, I want to say in 2002. It I wish Christian I had a Bale. time machine so I could go back and watch this instead no. of Pete's Dragon. It stars Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey, both when they were at their like, let's just get jacked and shout a lot era of acting, which is... Fantastic. And the whole plot is that in 2000, like the year 2000, workers were working on the London underground and unearthed sleeping dragons and obviously annoyed them and angered them greatly. And so the dragons woke up and started attacking people. And in an effort to stop the dragons, the humans decided that the best course of action was to, was to drop nuclear bombs on them. 
which of course does not work. No. So fast forward to what is now quote unquote the present, which, oh my God, actually kind of is now. It takes place in the year 2020. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> which, and so basically the earth is, is completely apocalyptic. The human race is almost completely extinct. Uh, and uh, Christian Bale uh, is just kind of like trying to get by in his life. And he meets Matthew McConaughey, who is the leader of the one of the very last dragon fighting groups. And they have a helicopter, right? So they band together. They uh, And actually, to this movie's credit, it's a very oorah man movie. But mm-hmm. the woman figures out that all of the dragons are female mm. but because they are reproducing as rap- rapidly as they are there must be one male somewhere centrally located mm. which spoiler alert is in london and so they determine if they can kill the male that will kill off their source of being able to fertilize their eggs and it will kill off the dragons so of course at the end of the, they all band together and they all get in their helicopter and there's this huge epic battle at the end and Matthew McConaughey sacrifices himself and there there's a lot of fire and it's just absolutely awesome I loved this movie when it came out I loved it again when I watched it I really highly recommend it I'll have to check it out is it like an 80s movie is it like an 80s no, action it oh, came out in 2000 Oh, well. It yeah. start. I just told you it stars Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. How old <laughs> do you sounds, think they are? No, it just sounds like, you're, you're right. It's, it just sounds like, I don't know, it, the way that you describe the kind of like the action tone of it. But that's it what I mean. It is inspired by it those is, kind of movies. It is pure testosterone, oorah, <laughs> manliness. Matthew McConaughey is shirtless in virtually every scene. He's sweaty the whole time. He's dirty. It's awesome. I love this movie. It's so good. I don't know if it's my target demographic. No, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. (laughs) I'll check it out. Um, Okay, I'm making a pivot to TV. Uh, I got one for TV. Speaking of uh, manly men in fantasy worlds, um, there is a dragon that pops up in uh, The Witcher, um, in uh, the first season of The Witcher, which is a gold dragon. I can't remember which episode it's in uh, but it's one of the most rare dragons they go to kind of find and hunt a dragon and they find it's already been dead and they're supposed to protect this dragon egg um you also see dragons within the witcher games but just most recently i saw it in the witcher tv shows uh shout out netflix feel free to give us money netflix um <laughs> it's also uh manly man in fantasy worlds uh dragon ball z it's the most testosterone-fueled uh, animated show of all time, inspiring a whole young generation of people to, to pretend like they could shoot energy out of their hands and wrists. Um, in that uh, show, uh, there's a dragon named Shenron um, that uh, comes out when you put all the Dragon Balls together and then you get to make a wish and he does whatever you want. Plus they all fight and it's very cool. Um, and obviously the dragons look real good in Game of Thrones. This was my abridged uh, television segment of dragons. All right, then I will just, I'll I'll relegate mine to just one, and it is absolutely amazing. Have you ever seen the show Gallivant? No. (gasps) Oh my God, Will. It is some of the best television literally ever i know that sounds like hyperbole but i'm not kidding you it's some of the best tv 
of all time. The, the premise starts out quite basic. There's our hero who's got his hot girlfriend. The king kidnaps the girlfriend to marry her. Our hero has to go and save her. But by the end of the very first episode, that whole trope is turned on its head. So it's like if Monty Python and the Princess Bride were a musical that was on TV and it's the best show of all time. I absolutely love it. Again, here I am shouting out Disney because it's on Disney Plus now. You can watch it. It is the saddest thing in the universe that there are only two seasons of it. However, in the second season, the guy who was originally the evil king has been usurped from his throne and has actually befriended our hero. Okay. And along the way has adopted this lizard, mm -hmm. which looks like an iguana, but he is absolutely convinced that it is a baby dragon and it will grow into <laughs> a baby dragon. And this dragon is, is a metaphor for, for King Richard trying to find his new place in the universe. He's always been told that he's this one thing that he's always going to be this king that he's always going to be this ruler and now he's been kicked out of his throne and he comes to realize maybe I don't actually want to be the king and so maybe I can grow into something else maybe I can be a better person I can be a different person and so every time he doubts himself or he doesn't really know what to do he turns to his quote-unquote pet dragon whom he has named Tad Cooper and his catchphrase throughout the whole second season becomes I super believe in you Tad Cooper <laughs> And I love the show so much. I actually once bought my husband a t-shirt that had a picture of a dragon on it that says, I super believe in you, Ted Cooper. And he still wears it and is the best thing. And spoiler alert, I know I'm going to spoil the whole series, but you all have to watch it anyway. At the very end of the very last episode, he just told Tad me to watch Cooper this. becomes a dragon. Oh. It's now so I'm not good. now I'm not gonna watch it. No, it's a musical. They have music. There's a nope. song. Now I know the whole arc of the dragon and and Madra, what did we learn about me when it comes to monsters? I watched I watched these things not for the human stories, but for the monster stories. And so but I, I didn't know. tell you any of the rest of it. The guy who plays Magnitude from Community is Galvanite's oh, sidekick. Really? Yes. Oh, pop pop. Pop pop. <laughs> uh, Except his name is Sid. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pop pop, there is a song with a little puff puff, and that song puff, is puff. called Puff the Magic Dragon, the magic which dragon. is the There's best uh, the dragon song I could find. There's not a lot of great dragon songs. Oh, I have another dragon song. There's a, there's a song called Kickapoo by Tenacious D uh, that references dragons in it, uh, but it's not all about dragons. And there's various death metal uh, but I, I think uh, Puff the Magic Dragon gets to be uh, number one on the dragon charts. Do you know the story of how Puff the Magic Dragon, the song, came to be? I think I can imagine, but <laughs> go ahead. No, okay, well, first off, let's dispel the myth that it's about drugs because they all, uh, Peter, Paul, Peter Paul and Mary, who are the singers of that song, have been saying for 50 years, no, it is not about drug use. But what was interesting I was reading about is that <clears throat> uh, Peter of Peter, Paul and Mary once found a, a poem from that had been written by his friends, sorry, by his roommate's friend that had been left in their apartment. And it kind of outlined this story of Puff the Magic Dragon. And so a couple of years later, he had taken this poem and then tweaked it so that it was his own and he adapted it and it turned into the song that we all now know and love. Puff the Magic Dragon. But to his credit, 
after they recorded it and put it out and it became such a huge hit, he tracked that guy down and gave him half the writing credits. Wow. So still to this day, that guy is earning royalties on Puff the Magic Dragon for a poem that he wrote in like 1960. Okay, so this guy, the poet that wrote something on a piece of paper and then forgot about it somewhere. I mean, peak. He could have been kind of stoked at the time. I'm just saying that the the, the opening lyrics are awfully suspicious. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, like they they were all. This was when they were just they were in university and they were all just students. And they he just he said that he just had this idea in his head, and so he used uh, he actually used Peter's typewriter to type out this poem that he he had been thinking of this story that he had been thinking of, and. Then the, the Peter of Peter, Paul and Mary ended up taking it and adapting it into this song. So <laughs> Look, I both, I, I believe you imagine and I believe the integrity of the artist. I'm just saying the song itself is awfully suspicious. <laughs> um, okay, there's a bunch of uh, things that I've got in terms of games. And then I think oh, we well, should, but should there get is, to our there is another. But there is, I'll just really quickly, there is a song, and I'm glad that I brought this up earlier. There is a song by Toto, yes, of Africa fame, mm-hmm. but there is a song by Toto called St. George and the Dragon. And basically it is in song form, the story of St. George and the Dragon, but it's a Toto song. So it's like eight minutes long or something. Oh. <laughs> and in, in fun harmony. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, rapid fire. Here are some games that dragons appear in. Dungeons and Dragons, Spyro the Dragon, Skyrim, Final Fantasy. And in Final Fantasy, I'm going to take a slight amount of detail to say that you see uh, Bahamut, Leviathan, and uh, Mist Dragon, which is Japanese origins. These all specific um, uh, mythological interpretations of dragons. It, the dragons pop up in Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, as well as the most recent Paper Mario, The Origami King. And imagine you're gonna love this. In Pokemon, there's a whole type of Pokemon that are dragon types. Uh, so you have- uh, Wow, I'm just, so surprised. This is just some of my favorites. <laughs> uh, Dratini, you have Flapple, which is a flying apple dragon type Pokemon. Flapple, <laughs> have... they're just making noises now. It's pretty great. There's a uh, Hydreigon, which is a three-headed dragon. Dragapult, which is a ghost type with catapult on its head. Uh, there's Rayquaza, it's a legendary Pokemon. And um, controversially, uh, Charizard looks like a dragon, has all the features of the dragon, breathes fire, but is not a dragon type, is a fire type. So sorry, y'all, he's not a dragon. Um, that's my rapid fire games. Anything else you'd like to drop in the pile of rapid fire video games for the week? Uh, not rapid fire video games, but I am going to do as a final shout out, my original alma mater, Dougal Avenue Public School. I attended from kindergarten to grade five. Our mascot was the dragon. Ah, oh, nice. Go dragons. Go dragons. Um, okay. Well, we- And discovered- interestingly enough, even though we were a Canadian school, our dragon was a Chinese dragon. Huh. Well, still is. <laughs> I, I looked at I looked it up this afternoon in preparation for recording this, and they still use the same mascot. Well, time will tell whether they think that they should be doing that. 
Um, okay, so <laughs> when uh, we get back, we are going to be joined uh, by our guest. Uh, I, we are very fortunate today to be joined by a dragon. Uh, this dragon's name is Ryder. Don't know anything about them other than the fact that they are a dragon. We're going to find out their whole deal when we return. I have so many questions for them. We have so much interpretations uh, of their culture and their backstory, and, and we'll find out uh, the truth when we're back with Monstrology. Okay, so um, Ryder, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're, uh, you know, big dragon fans, um, first time uh, dragon, um, you know, meters, uh, meters, uh, first time dragon hosts. Hosters? Um, <laughs> well, it's uh, great to be here. I do have to say, this is my very first podcast, and uh, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> oh, you don't need to be nervous. Oh, I think we're pretty be. welcoming here at Monstrology. Oh, yes, you seem to be. I, I do love the intern that you sent me. He is oh. very fantastic. Now, Wait. when you say you love him, we we really, we always need to ask this. Did you eat the intern? Uh, I, no comment. Oh. <laughs> See, there's a reason why we don't bother paying the interns. It's just yeah. the paperwork is too much. Sometimes you just gotta let them go. Yeah, I yes. mean. Yeah, I've oh, had trouble okay. with interns in the past myself. Oh, really? uh, all the time, the dragons, uh, they're just, uh, sometimes they're just not up to par, you know? <laughs> when you in, their dra interns. in your dragon business. So yeah, yes. you, have a, you have a dragon business. Oh, of course we do. Oh, what we do have do? tons of businesses. What do you do? What do you do for work, Ryder? Oh, well, uh, I also, I work in the political sector of drag, uh, well, uh, it's kind of a, uh, I don't know how to say this in actual English. Uh, roughly translated, it's called uh, the Torchfire Cave. That's where our home is. Okay. <laughs> and so cave. I work in the political sector. I'm one of the voted members, and we live in a very democratic society. It's it's quite lovely. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's that. How high up are you in this uh, democratic society? Oh, uh, well, into your human terms, I would probably say I'm a, uh, uh, I'm definitely elected official uh, okay. and uh, probably like a counselor or mayor, probably mayor, probably okay. closer to mayor. Okay. <laughs> yes. Do you have any ambition to work your way up or are you happy with where you're at? Oh, well, I used to do, uh, uh, um, I used to work for the president of uh, the Torchfire Cave, but okay. uh, um I, I prefer to stay as the mayor. It's nice to work in a sector, you know, really help out the people. And when you say or, people- Or dragons. You mean dragons, okay. Yeah, of course, dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I get confused sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, so so you, where in the world are you? Uh, do, do you exist on, on our plane of existence? Is there another plane of existence or a secret society you're a part of? Well, this has never been revealed before, but uh, we do actually live in the center of the Earth. Uh, oh. it, the entrance is actually inside the Bermuda Triangle. Ah, oh, 
Yes. I knew there was something going on in there. There's yep, that's what happens. The ships just fall down into the Torchfire Cave. It's 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 nice. We have a so, party. They never leave. <laughs> so is there just some sort of big junk pile of ships that have fallen into the center of the earth? And oh, every well, we couple days you go, oh, there's another one again. Sorry, what? Yes. We use them for art. Yes. Oh, we take oh. the scrap, we rearrange it, we use it for statues, all sorts of things. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful. dragon, oh, like, a dragon like recycling dragon program. Folk art. <laughs> Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly, Madrid. Very well. Oh. So in this cave, mm-hmm. is it dark <laughs> or do you light well, it? Well, as your... dragons, we're able to keep a lot of things uh, lit, as it were. <laughs> oh, so you are a fire-breathing dragon. Yes, we do breathe. Some of us breathe fire. Some of us uh, have poison and some of us have neither. Oh. And some of us have both. Oh, <laughs> they're about, uh, the special ones. What if you'd use them at the same time? Like, uh... Can you use them at the same time? Poison and no, fire? No, you do that... have to use them separately. This is like a Ghostbusters crossing the streams don't thing. Cross the streams, but not don't... like yeah, the end no. of Ghostbusters, more like the beginning when they say don't do it. Well, because you know uh, um, skunks, yes? Skunks, yes. the animal? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know how their I'm sorry, uh, I don't stinker know, I don't know any is, of them uh, is painful but... to use? Sometimes yeah. fire can be painful to do. Uh, the poison is more painful. I yes. see. Yeah. Um, so logistically, you breathe fire, and I've always wondered this. Can you breathe like a finite amount of fire? Does it run out? Is it like a is it like a Spider-Man situation where you like hmm. you produce it somehow internally? How does that work? Well, that is a very good question, Will. Um, Thank you very much. Yes. uh, (laughs) Fire is a difficult subject for a dragon to discuss because it is so ingrained in our veins, you know? It's so inserted into our culture that we can breathe fire. And, And yes, we do run out of fire every now and again, but as long as you can maintain that volume and like, it's like projection, right? If you can project, you can produce fire. So it's, 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 there's like a mental part to it. Yes, it's almost like a breath control, if you will. I see, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, it sounds a lot like, like say a professional singer, right? They can really belt it out. They can mm-hmm. go on for a long, but eventually they will tire out and they will need to rest their instrument and, and yes. come back to sing another day. So that yes. is that similar to a, a dragon's fire? That That is very well put, yes. Oh, excellent. Oh, so has a dragon yeah. ever been slain because they had a bit of a cold and they, they couldn't produce enough fire to defend themselves? Is that... Well, we do have very thick hides. We do have very uh, uh, thick scales that do protect us from a a lot of uh, uh, damage being done to us. So like any slashing damage, that doesn't work. Um, uh, Usually arrows aren't very effective, um, but sometimes there, now this is very rare for some dragons, there is a small spot Oh. A very small spot, either on the belly or or somewhere. Sometimes it's different for every. Oh, this dragon, is the this know? is the whole Smaug situation, isn't this? Oh, you know? you've heard of Smaug. Oh, okay, I okay, I knew oh, it. You know okay. Smaug. Madrin, oh, I, do you remember? Uh, well, I've heard of him. He was a distant, distant cousin, I believe. Madrin, do you remember how I was saying how that that image that Tolkien had looked like that old image from? 
from I don't know uh, twelve like the twelve hundreds. Yeah, it looks like it was based off this real dragon. You're saying that that oh. you that you know, I guess not personally, but that that was real. Yes. Was it, was oh his yeah. Name Dragons also... have been around for millennia, longer saying, than humans. This, but this specific one was he also named Smaug, or did we just call mm. him Smaug, and his real name was something else? Oh, I believe I I want to say his name was Christopher, but um, uh, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe it was Smog. Might have been Smog. Yeah. Smog. Smog and Smog. Oh, I think they were Smog. brothers. Yeah, I think oh, they were brothers. Oh, it's brother Christopher. Did, did Christopher also have the thing where you could get a bit? No, uh, brother, uh, brother Christopher was actually the third one. So it was Smog, Smog, Christopher. Oh, uh, so uh, Smog also yes. had a middle child thing going on. Maybe that's why yeah. he was so grumpy. Oh, yes. Oh, God, so grumpy. Smog was really <laughs> nice, but Smog. Yeah. Now, much many of the accounts of dragons that we read said that they were quite clever, that they enjoyed puzzles and riddles and that they were often well, tricking people. Do, is, is that true? Do, we we do like, have a- Is there a, such a thing as like Dragon Sudoku? Mm, well, Dragon Sudoku, that is fantastic. That's all numbers. Oh, we do love numbers. Um, but sometimes for riddles, sometimes we have a, a, it's a, it's a tricky relationship with riddles. Sometimes we do really like it and we, and, and we get into, it's almost like an Olympic sport for us. Sometimes riddles, you know, oh. we just keep challenging each other to riddles. We don't get into any riddle competition with humans anymore. Not after the last time. Oh, what happened? Oh, there was this princess. Uh, she wore something, um, it was one garment. Uh, oh, what was it called? Was it a headband? Um, no, it wasn't a headband. It um, was. Uh, uh, she wore it over herself. She okay. had a. She Anything had a prince. Seen? There was a prince she saved. Um, his name was Ron. Ronnie. Ronald. Ronald. Oh, Ronald. Yes, Ronald. Ronald. Yes. Some yes. sort of. So you're saying, Madrin, Was this some sort of like paper? Was it the paper bag was princess? Oh, a paper bag. Yes, it oh, was a paper bag. Yes. So you're saying that Robert Munch's beloved children's story, The Paper Bag Princess, oh, it's actually happened. Yes, it's true. <gasps> that yes. just makes my day. Princess oh, Elizabeth yeah. was one of my first heroes as a child. I always thought that it was just a fictional story made up for children to enjoy. But now that I no. know that this is actual, real, historical fact, mm -hmm. that just cinches it for me mind-blowing isn't it it's it's i feel like a lot of these books should have a disclaimer now that says based off a true story you know the the kind of and, and really giving mm -hmm. us the sense of lore I, I feel a bit conned now to be honest so just didn't come up you, with it themselves. Yes, you've been deprived of dragon history for a long time it's it's probably a little overwhelming <laughs> so writer are you the dragon that kidnapped Prince Ronald, and who was challenged by Princess Elizabeth? No, that was actually my other cousin. Uh, his name was uh, Jefferson. Jefferson. Jefferson uh, actually was there. He was the one that burned her uh, whole uh, castle down and uh, uh, then burned all her clothes. He was actually doing it so that she wouldn't marry Ronald. He knew. Oh. He knew everything. Oh. He knew Ronald was terrible for her. And that's why he kidnapped Ronald. Yes, yes. Oh. But now like, let's just get this guy out of your the, life. The paper bag the paper bag princess. That's it's yes. that's her. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, G is actually considered kind of a villain around oh. here, you know? Oh. Uh, well, just because we don't get into riddle fights with uh, humans anymore. They outsmart us too often. Oh, so you're saying the humans outsmart you too often? Uh, sometimes. I mean, I would consider myself smarter than uh, the average bear. Oh, well, what's, what's the average you, you're saying is smarter than the okay, case. So you, you said you're good with numbers oh. and you're in, you're pretty smart, right? So what's, yes. um, what's, um, four times 12, four times 12. <laughs> that is, uh, it's 48. It's 48. <laughs> no, I was just getting there. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. Okay. It's, sorry. We got to start. We got to start all over again. You're right. This was a test. Okay. Oh, sorry. We got to, we got to know the the average intelligence of a dragon because usually they're, they're really smart and they say they're really smart and they're not easily tricked yes, by, yes. by such trickery okay so right, well, sorry, that's why sorry. we don't get into riddles with you we get very overwhelmed wait wait, wait. But does it matter do you know any any good riddles um versus uh, i was using math but really if we're trying to test his hmm. uh his intellect here riddles would be the place to go oh oh, oh this is uh, well um, um what has to be broken before you can use it uh, glass no <laughs> oh uh are you sure it's not glass well how would you use glass after you <laughs> broke it <laughs> you know, as, a, right. as a knife rider <laughs> as a weapon that's how you would use it Ryder, um, this is some outside the box dragon thinking. Ryder, I think it, I mean, maybe it's, it's, it's fairly, uh, it's usable. What, what's, what's the answer, Madrin? An egg. An egg. Ah, uh, that's good. Ah, you know, dragons lay eggs. <laughs> right. Well, that's why I thought you would be familiar with the breakability. You see, this is why we don't get into riddle fights with humans. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly it. This is exactly what I was talking about. Now, so what, what do you do if you lose a riddle fight with a human? Well, uh, I mean, it depends on the agreement that the dragon and the human had before going into the riddle off, as well, they say. What, what do usually people put at stake? I mean, I guess their lives is pretty common. I mean, there's a lot of times where they just want us to leave. They want us to leave. And you know, most of the time, especially when we're in the a uh, human plane, as it were. You can't see my air quotes. Uh, I like to do that every now and again. Oh, I can hear uh, them. Oh, you can hear <laughs> I heard them. the That's whoosh. That <laughs> whoosh. The, uh, the whoosh. whoosh through yes. the mic. Yes. Um, You've got big wings. So when you do your air quotes, it's, it's, it's pretty. Oh, are you not supposed to do it with your wings? How do you humans do it? Well, I don't have any wings. Oh. Yeah. That's it's just... uh, terrible. No, oh, puny, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that you had a back. lack of wings there. That's <laughs> I'm know. sorry for you. Not you, can't, you can't fly through the air, can you? No, I can jump. Mm. Mm. I guess we're naming things <laughs> that we can't do, can we? <laughs> Riddles, flying. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of things you can or can't do, some mm -hmm. dragons can do this in the research that I found, but I'm wondering if you can do it. Okay. Do you have the power of telepathy? Uh, unfortunately, uh, as great as I am, I do lack the ability of telepathy. I did have a cousin that was very capable. Uh, what, was, what was their name? Their name was, uh, 
Flora. Flora. Yes. Any relation to Jefferson? Uh, well, we're all cousins. Oh. You seem to have a lot are of you all, cousins. Are you all cousins. I have a lot of cousins. We're Sorry. all very, we're all very close. Are you all cousins in the sense that people in the Shakespearean terms of like cousin, friend, or or is there a lot of inbreeding with dragons? Yes. <laughs> so a bit of both. Well, uh, everything's on the table. You is know? that where is that where um, they they got that for Game of Thrones? The incest and the inbreeding. Does it really come with? with dragon lore and is that why uh the 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 dragon humans did that dragony thing uh yes that is that is exactly it that is a very smart uh analysis will you, you uh are you have a keen eye thank you wow keen eye for seeing incest i feel very seen <laughs> what a talent I don't, I don't know if that's what i want to be seen by but um, you, as a mayor, really seem to make people feel good about uh, everything that... Uh... That's what I try to do. Uh, my whole platform was really to make people heard, you know? I, I want the dragons to really feel that their voice matters. Now, now we, we have uh, eliminated ourselves from the human society, um, but... We are working on our own and doing our own things and, and making sure that our, our culture is fulfilled and, and just, we, we are doing, oh, sorry, <laughs> lost my fire there. Uh, we're doing as much as we can for the dragons that are left. There, there aren't as many as there were before, you know. Uh, do you get, what's, what's happening to the dragons? They're... They're not as prevalent as they were. Is it the incest? <laughs> it could be a number of things. We're not really sure. Um, I don't think that it's may helping. be an outlying factor. I'm not really sure on that. Well, can you? Is there any dragons that haven't made the migration to the inside of the earth? Is there any any other surface well, dragons? What? I mean, I mean the, in the center of the earth, the, the Torchfire Cave is our home. Anytime you see a dragon outside of the Torchfire Cave, they're on vacation. Oh. Yes. So any of the cave-dwelling dragons that you hear about, well, they're just on vacation. They have a human that serves them whatever they want as sacrifices, I believe, is what the, they, they call it on the menu. Um, and they... they they leave a like a banquet or whatever it is, you know, a, a basket of sorts, and then and then we eat that. Hmm. Yeah. Like interns and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your basket, your sacrifice, as you like to call it. Well, I don't think I used those words. <laughs> I believe I said, "Here's our intern. They're going to help you set up the tech." And then and I sent did. you that little one pager. And yeah. I have to say, imagine. Kudos to um, Bob. Um, now, Bob was one of our more elderly interns. Um, he put a lot of work into learning tech for this exact job. He was one of the mm. first interns that wanted to be a part of this show. And I said, you know, Bob, this is dangerous. And he said, well, I've only got so much time left to live. And I said, Bob, but you've got to learn how to use technology. And so we sent him out to mm. you and he said it would be his greatest joy. Mm. And um, oh, sorry. Well, <clears throat> Oh, Bob, it's you. <laughs> oh, he's alive. He's still a kicking. What? 
You didn't, you barfed up Bob? Hey, he's around. You're Did welcome. Did you swallow him whole or is he a bit nibbled he's a He's a bit on the, he's all right. You're doing all right down there, Bob. Okay, you stay unconscious. <laughs> he's doing fine. Okay. Oh. Um, well, um, check on him later. I don't yeah, know how I'll to. I'll send him back. Okay, I don't know how to get to where you are <laughs> unless I want to dive through the Bermuda Triangle and, um, well, I don't want to end up Are you up ready like... for an adventure, Will? Oh, imagine. He said my trigger word. Mm. Adventure. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, ready? Yeah. Ready? Yes. Actually, it's a good uh, trigger it, word. It, it could have been one of four words. Ready for a adventure. It's, it could uh, have been any, <laughs> and you picked ready. I guess the I picked, first word will. Yeah, I thought I picked adventure, but it turns out I didn't. No, you know, you know me too well. Hey, I thought you said you didn't. Oh, whatever. I guess I so. have a very keen intellect for people. This is why I'm elected official. Yeah, for someone who does not have telepathy, I gotta say you seem to know a lot of things about Will and what he. Yeah, I like to keep uh, a keen eye, and before I. Uh, uh, ingested uh, Bob, he did tell me a lot about both of you. Oh, yeah. oh in like a nice. In like a kind way or in like a blackmail-y, now I know your deepest, darkest secrets kind of way. Or like tyrant boss kind of way. Yes. Cool. Oh. I see that you, uh, why you've done so well in government. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. yes. um, so I mean, this is kind of, um, I'm going to ask you two, uh, by human standards, um, indecent things, you know, things okay. that are generally inappropriate to ask in casual conversation. Number oh, one, right. how old are you? Humans don't like to talk about their age. And number two, what is your net worth? <laughs> Humans also don't like to talk about how much stuff or money they have, but dragons tend to hoard a lot of, you know, stuff. And so I'm wondering... Uh, yeah, how long you've been at it and how much you got? Well, I've been around for uh, about 4,000 years. Whoa. Yes, I'm on the younger side, as it were. <laughs> but, no wonder you have so many cousins. But oh, ma yes, math, a... ma math never came up. <laughs> what? Math it wasn't a part of Dragon. I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> okay. To be fair, Will, 4,000 years ago, we really didn't have math as we know it now and barely so any riddles it's still a relatively new concept you know, you know what i'm also uh, realizing is you know if i was around mm. for that long I, I mean i forget what i ate for breakfast you know sometimes uh, you sure. could have learned yes. math and forgotten it you know hundreds of times by now mm -hmm. i have been taught 4, how to play years old yes I'm huh. 4,000 years old. I've been, I've been living for a, quite a good life. I spend most of my time in the cave. I, I have gone out and, uh, and lived in a dwelling for, oh, 50, 50 odd years. And that was nice until they, they chased me away. And, you know, that, that comes with the territory sometimes. Um, but yes, it, 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 it's, been a, it's been a lovely 4,000 years. And I'm hoping to keep on going, you know. Where was that dwelling that you that you went to for such a short period of time? Was oh, years? that is a good question. Um, it was on the surface. You were on the surface for a little oh while? yes, it was in a it was on a mountain uh, mountain country. Uh, I believe uh, 
think uh, it was uh, New Zealand for a, a while. Huh. Yeah. What year? Do you know what year approximately? Uh oh, it was a, it was a while ago. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so I, I couldn't give you the exact year. You know, that's where they made those um, Lord of the Rings movies. Do you, do you oh, know is the movies? The, what the movies or New Zealand or movies in general? Both. <laughs> yes. I said I said three things. Uh yeah, uh the movies and good. I said both. <laughs> 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 the movies are good. New Zealand is good. Movies yes. in general are good. All of them it, are good. All of them. Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, is that where? Uh, oh, Smoke. Smoke. Is that? Is that where he? Uh, yep. That's the story that he was in. Well, he was in one called The Hobbit. It wasn't as popular. They actually oh. tried. They tried to reboot it. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah. Well, they tried. How did, to... how did that turn out for them? Well, they stretched it into three movies. Which... Ugh, that's not a good idea. No, it's not actually a trilogy. Could, could they have done it in one or maybe even two? Yeah, maybe. Well, two that sounds been... like a smarter decision on their part. <laughs> yeah. Well, my yeah. biggest takeaway from hey, The maybe. Hobbit is when my mother-in-law kept saying, why does that man keep looking at his wedding ring? <laughs> Oh. And then we laughed and we laughed and we laughed. And that's why The Hobbit was an entertaining movie for me. Hey, we all have reasons to get through this, uh, uh, whatever, whatever, The Hobbit, the three part trilogy of The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. And for some people, it's lots of money. That's the yes. reason to do it. And hey, we that is the it. only reason to do it. <laughs> Greed. <laughs> Just like a dragon, right? They, some, I mean, some is dragons that true? are very greedy. Is that true? I mean, I, I suppose we've just made an assumption that all well, dragons like to hoard gold and treasures. Yeah, yeah. Is that true? Well, yes, yes. There, There's a lot of dragons that will go on vacation, find a, a heap of treasure in a cave somewhere and, and stay for a millennium or so. They they do that all the time. And and it's the gold, really. The gold really is a, is a tantalizing color. You know, it's it's such a it, it just hypnotizes you. It just makes you go into a trance that you just want to burn it off down. Oh, sorry, I got on a little uh, tangent there. <laughs> Sometimes you think of gold and you just go a little loopy. <laughs> gold, eh? What is it? Is, the, is it the shiny part of it? Is it the coin part, part of, of it? it? Is it the big pile part of it? Is oh. it the, the, the financial value of gold? See, see, you just described one of my favorite things, Will is you dive into a big pile of gold, a huge mountain of gold. If you just dive right into it, oh, that's the best feeling in the world. You just Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, McDuck style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you, you have Scrooge McDuck on there? What? You, you know Scrooge McDuck? Uh, sometimes I just like to agree with things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a, a fictional animated cartoon duck in our world who is okay. very very rich and one of his favorite things to do is also to dive into piles of gold coins oh he sounds and, like a very good fellow well <laughs> well it depends on whose version of him we're looking at but generally actually yes i mean i i think he he's quite fond of his three nephews yeah. hey there you go yep he yeah, takes something that he's fighting for and that's 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 not nothing yeah, do you there have anything you that, that you're fighting for, Ryder? Something that, that really uh, gives your, your life meaning down there? 
the continued support and uh, love that I get from my cousins and, and all dragon kind as, as the uh, elected mayor of Torchfire Cave. And, and do you get a lot of support? Yes, uh, about 50%. Okay. And that's enough to be elected. <laughs> when you say support, do they, is the, is it, do they use a ballot system? How did people, how did democracy work with dragons? Oh, well, that's, that's a very interesting question, Will. What we do Thank is you. we take, we take a, a, a slab, we take a slab of rock, and then we burn into it either like the symbol or the name or whatever kind of thing that identifies that particular party, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you burn into which party you're voting for. And then you put that slab in, in another slab. And then we, we, we divvy up the slabs. Has anyone ever said, um, I won, but they in fact had less slabs than the other person who had more slabs? but they kind of stopped counting the slabs when it was convenient to them. Mm. And they, they named themselves uh, You know what? I do think that happened. That happened about a, stop, a thousand years ago when I, was, when I was a mere boy, really. Um, and so what happened is there was a dragon. I believe his name was Thump. Thump thought he was the greatest dragon that ever lived. And... Honestly, he was uh, subpar, subpar at best. And uh, he, he passed he so a lot many of, different Did he have a lot policies. of close cousins? Uh, he, yeah, he was, he was very close with his cousins. And like, that's not a huge faux pas, as we talked about before. But, you know, when you're that close with your cousins, especially like your direct offspring, and that's, doesn't help. that's a little creepy. Right? It's a little creepy. I hear what you're saying. I hear yeah. what you're saying, Ryder. Yes. Thrump. Thrump wasn't uh, one of our greatest presidents. But you're the mayor. I said wasn't, didn't I? What? No, I'm mayor. Right. He was above me. I used to work for the president of Torchfire. So it goes, it goes. Yeah, that was Is there anything above president? So it goes dragon commoner. Yeah. Um, local dragon official. Yes. Mayor. Yes. Then what? <laughs> then presidents. Uh, okay, presidents people. So mayor, straight to president. Presidents then, people. Presidents people. People. President. President. And then. That's it. Oh, okay. okay. I thought maybe there was like a king or. Oh no, we cap out there. Oh, we only have five tiers. We we stick to what's on our claw, you know. Yeah. I like it's the not a terrible it's the system. claw philosophy. Yep, fair enough. Yep. Anything I mean, you... honestly, is it? I, I mean, I appreciate democracy. I I understand that we are very mm -hmm. privileged to live in a democratic society, but the Canadian first past the post system is also far from perfect. Yeah. So I mean, who should, are we to judge? Maybe we should go to slabs. Yeah. Have you ever thought yes. of that? I mean, it's we very often will end up electing someone who did not get 50% of the vote. Oh, wow. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, Speaking because there as are a, several as a parties. Math, math person that understands math really, really well. You, wait, okay, hang on. So for your system, is there only ever two people running for mayor? 
No, we have uh, three or four. Okay. But you got 50%. Yes. Out, out of three or four. Yes, for mayor. It was, uh, it was quite a large margin to win. Oh, congratulations, oh, yes. Ryder. Yes. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying, right? Is that it, it, in our Canadian society, it is not uncommon for two-thirds of the population to have not wanted mm-hmm. the elected official that is now in power. So, Have you ever considered running for Canadian government, Ryder? Yeah, I, uh, I may vote for you. Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm very, very flattered. Um, I, I'm not sure. <clears throat> oh, sorry, lost a bit of my fire there. Uh, I'm not sure if the Canadians are ready for a, a fire a dragon leader, as it were. Is it because you, you need a bunch of us? Well, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're very delicious. <laughs> um, well, not me personally. You guys consume all the time. Salt? Oh, it makes your blood taste <laughs> beautiful. Oh, I, I do eat salty things. <laughs> yes. We do. We as a society tend to eat too much salt and too mm-hmm. much sugar. And it's almost addictive when you eat it. Yes. So I yes. can imagine that we are very tasty. Oh, incredibly. But we can't be very good for you then if we're chock full of salt and sugar and fat. And that's why be... we don't really consist on a diet of humans. I mean, uh... really to us, we really consist on a diet of seaweed. And that's for like the vegetarian dragons, you know. And then we also, a delicacy around here is sharks. Oh. Sharks yes. and seaweed from the center of the earth. Well, we're, we're around water. They can always come up. You know, sure. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, one of our earliest descendants comes from uh, this the water. Oh. Oh, really? Who's that? Yes. Uh oh. I, I, I couldn't. It's a long name. I couldn't. I couldn't recall. Is this someone that that perhaps we would know? Uh, maybe you. Maybe you talked about. Uh, you maybe you talked about one of the history of dragons. Uh, I believe there was a lake dragon. I think it was in uh, Canada as well. Was oh, it? Oh, huh? yeah. Started with maybe a G. The, the Gassiendiatha. That's it. There you go. Maybe. Well, yes. I'm gonna have to do some hunting. I think I might go for a swim tonight, Madrin. See if I can find the locals. Well, it's minus twenty out. I'm not really sure you want to get uh, in the lake right what now. What if I put on a? Nice... They say a cold, cold water bath is uh, some of the best medicine for you. Yeah, I've seen a lot of viral Who videos of people, of people There's in cold people. baths. You know, it it can really be enlightening. And mm-hmm. okay, well, I've seen Especially a lot of viral time. videos with some quite dubious advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you go you swimming have... in the minus twenty degree lake and i will stay snuggled up in my bed and you let me know how that goes okay we'll see if i make it to the next podcast i think i will right. and i All might right. even meet a dragon another dragon maybe uh, will. another yeah. dragon yes um well it's been uh, such a pleasure meeting you Ryder. this is um usually the time in the show where we we like to check in with our guests and, and see if there's anything that you'd like to pitch out there in the world any sort of content that you've been enjoying that, that you think our listeners uh human or monsters might enjoy uh uh, taken in um well uh i've done a uh, i i as i said uh, this is my very first podcast that i've been on but i i have been listening to a couple uh and i do really love this podcast this is such a keep listening to this oh, but I, I i've been uh listening to something called laughing vikings live which oh. is hosted by lars classington and uh brandon knox oh i and, know brandon yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he's great. oh yes 
Yeah. Uh, he is he is wonderfully adorable, uh, that boy. So <laughs> handsome. And, and he's no, so handsome. No incest at all in that family. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Doesn't seem to like it, really. I don't know why. <laughs> no. Uh, and I'll also be listening to another one called uh, Side Hustle Quest. Uh, I would recommend listening to both. I think Brandon is in both of them. Oh, yeah. what a man of you're many a big, talents. You're a big fan. Oh, he, he can't be, it seems, anyway. Uh, Madrin, is there anything that you'd like to pitch? <laughs> uh, you know, I already mentioned it in this podcast, but it really is that good. Everyone, watch Gallivant. It's honestly some of the best TV oh, yes. that's been watch made. Watch Gallivant. Yeah, see, see, Ryder knows about it. Oh, yeah. So is Tad Cooper also a cousin of yours? Oh, you know Tad. Well, he's in Gallivant. Well, I, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess you don't know him personally then. Uh, Yes, he is is one of my cousins. He is one of my cousins. He was a a late bloomer. It it was a great, it was a great take to see, to, uh, to watch him get his wings. I feel like yes, I'm learning I that agree. a lot of famous uh, writers and producers really just seem to have an inside track on the monster world and uh, mm-hmm. are pawning it off as uh, original IP. But uh, hey, it works. If it works, it yes, works. A lot of your famous books and movies are actually nonfiction. I consider them documentaries oh. or nonfiction. Okay, nonfiction. Books that I thought were fiction but turned out to be nonfiction. Yes. I'm, not, I'm trying to think if there's any, well, you know, we can't go down this route. Like, I, I, I don't want to ruin all my favorite authors for myself, you know. No, no, it, it would be too detrimental for humankind. Yeah, it's true. It's we don't true. want to overwhelm them with too much incest and, uh, and, and too much pop culture that they, they just can't take right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we're worn a little bit thin right now at the moment. Um, I have one thing to pitch, um, which is also a podcast. You know, it's funny, it occurred to me when I was pitching podcasts last week that I probably shouldn't <laughs> pitch so many podcasts on my podcast because then people will listen to other podcasts. But then, then that podcast upon. might pitch this one. It might be. We'll get some podcast pitch publicity. We'll get some podcast pitch podcast pitch pitch. (laughs) okay so now i should actually pitch the podcast so there's a podcast called (laughs) script notes um which is with uh john august and craig mazin it's a really uh incredible podcast on screenwriting and uh, every week um they're two very uh prolific screenwriters um uh craig mazin uh did most recently uh, Chernobyl that was on HBO and he's the showrunner for The Last of Us and uh, John August um, wrote Big Fish amongst many other things they're like uh, really great writers and they have really great advice for people who are interested in screenwriting but also just storytelling in general I think it's a really fantastic podcast Um, so that's my pitch of the week Um, I love that podcast I listen to it a lot um, and that's all the time we have. So uh, I just want to take this opportunity to uh, thank Ryder. And, um, you know, if our universe is ever uh, attacked by some sort of external threat, like, you know, an alien or an extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. how do you feel about like teaming up? You know, y- you and me, you've, you've got a lot of fire breathing. Oh, you um, and me, Will? Yeah, you yeah, and well, me just taking on the aliens yeah, yeah. double-handed? Yeah, so I've got lots of um, math uh, okay. skills. And oh, do you know riddles? Do you know how to do riddles? I could do a couple Madrin, riddles. Madrin, what was that one you told me? The one oh, about what? the... 
What do you oh, have you to break? Oh, you already know the answer. Oh, this is perfect. We'll be a great tag team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's a yeah, yeah. I'll just use all the the. I've, there's some in, in this uh, book called The Hobbit too. There's some great riddles in there. We'll just okay. out riddle. We'll out riddle the aliens, and then we we'll can do the, them. Yeah, we can do. You know, there's and there's some movies where you, the humans and dragons they get along for mm-hmm. the sake of combat and, and okay. friendship and. All right. So maybe maybe we can in, inspire the world one day. Oh, oh, I like not, that. Not, not today. Um, because yes, there's no I external could use that. threat. I could use that as a political platform. I mean, yes, we could totally save the world together. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, well, yes. we're going to take away what we want to take away from this conversation, and I'm going to feel protected in the event of an alien uh, apocalypse, and you maybe should. you'll be able to move up from mayor to um, president's people. Uh, no, sometime. yes, yes, I could, I could. I know and that if you I like save the world, mayor. maybe I'll move up to uh, president. Who knows? <laughs> Everyone needs goals. Everyone, you, uh, you only gold. You, you gold. Did you say gold? Gold. <laughs> gold. Gold too. Oh, gold. gold. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> yes, goals. You goals. you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. true that. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. saying. I might use that later. Uh well, uh, it's not mine. I I borrowed it from Madrin Sag. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yes, I like that. Madrid. I like that. Good mig, good rig to it, Madrid. Yeah, if you oh, need, well, if, thank you. If you need yes. some more quotes, I've got some more quotes for you. Uh, oh, I, 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 we're going to start a little. Um, you, you, me, and Madrid, we're going to start a little WhatsApp mm-hmm. uh, for, okay. for for uh, benefiting our own uh, individual societies. There's some overlap. Can, I, can Bob set that up for me? Um. Well. Does he Bob's... still have use of his sight? Well, he didn't. He didn't have much sight before. He was pretty old. He's looking at me. Oh, uh, his eyes oh, are well, open. That's a good so sign. Can He's you ask alive. him? Can, can you ask him to give you a thumbs up? Bob, give me a thumbs up. Is there a thumb there? Uh, he. Oh, he gave me a finger. <laughs> <laughs> like he handed it to you. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know if he's going to be able to help you with the group chat then. I'm um, sure we'll figure it out. But you know what? Uh, maybe the people of the internet uh, were able to bring us together. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this week of uh, monsterology. Hope that you have a uh, monster-filled next two weeks of your lives. You can give us something to talk about. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>